Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Win with Heather Havenwood. Um, I'm very excited today to have someone on the line about, we're talking about money, something that I think a lot of entrepreneurs focus on marketing, they focus on sales, focus on revenue, but they don't necessarily focus on money, which is very dis distinct and different as well as retirement. They think they're all going to be young forever, which doesn't happen. So today we have Todd on the line. Todd, are you here? I'm here, Heather. And you know, before we get on the line, I forgot to ask you, how do you say your last name correctly? So I don't want to botch it. So Todd, what's your last name? Tressiter. Tressiter. That's not bad. Okay, great. So I'm going to read his bio, but it's pretty, you know, it's, it's been around a long time. So listen up. Todd Tressiter graduated from the University of California at Davis with a BA in economics and passion for creating successful businesses. As a serial entrepreneur since childhood, Todd went on to build his own wealth as a hedge fund investment manager before, before retiring at, at a very young age of 35. He grew his net worth from less than zero at 23 to the point of financial independence 12 years later. Todd has maintained his wealth by remaining an active investor and utilizing statistical and mathematical risk management systems for investing. Through his website at financialmentor.com, he teaches advanced investing and advanced retirement planning principles, which is what we're going to talk about today, and it helps people take the next step beyond conventional financial advice. So awesome. Welcome, Todd. Thank you, Heather. Welcome. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So we were talking in the green room about some things that are going on in the in our industry and in the guesting and things like that, which is super true. Um, I think that um, I've been over 300 podcasts and you've probably been over, it just sounds like a 200 or so. And there is an, a kind of a watering down that's happening with podcasts. The reason I'm bringing that up actually is because it happens the same way to all industries, financial advising. And for me, every time I turn on the radio, every time I go to you know, USA Today or whatever, or Wall Street Journal, it's just this constant throwing at you. I'm the best financial advisor. No, go to me. No, go to me. Go to me. It's like, it's just overwhelming and ridiculous. So I'd love to have a conversation with you about what I call the, the, the current or the best principles of retiring or thinking about retiring as an entrepreneur. Sure. Work? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, great. So obviously you're smart. Duh, right? Obviously, you've done a lot <laughs> in your life. Congrats. But in my world, how I look at it in a loving way, who cares? What can you do for entrepreneurs? That's how people always look at me like, great, Heather, you've done all this stuff. Who cares? I don't really care what you can do for me. Right? So, Todd, how do you help entrepreneurs, right? Or business owners or career people, how do you help them be successful in their retirement? Yeah. So as it said in the uh, intro or the bio, I take the next step beyond conventional financial advice. So, you know, you can get the conventional stuff anywhere, right? You go to almost any financial planner and they're all doing basically the same thing, which is a passive index buy and hold approach. Uh, most of your financial advisors don't even manage the money themselves. It's all subcontracted out. Um, you now have robo advisors that'll do it for very low fees. All this stuff's kind of gotten generic, which is kind of where you're going with the intro there. Um, and so what I've done is I, I go the next step beyond, I really don't care about how to budget or how to, you know, 10 tips to save money or any of the conventional stuff. And I focused on purely the advanced wealth building and advanced retirement planning strategies. The idea is to retire earlier than old. The idea is to uh, achieve financial independence at any age. You know, it, I mean, it even goes to the root of the word retirement, which is, you know, retirement is just a euphemism for old age financial independence. And so let's get rid of the old age part of that and just recognize this game is really about financial independence at any age. 
Something interesting about retirement, uh, my experience of retirement, I used to live in a place called Marco Island. And it was a two mile by one mile radius island, literally tiny island, one way on, one way off. If that, if that bridge ever got hit by a hurricane, they'd be done. <laughs> they'd be swimming, swimming back to the mainland. It was in South Florida. It was south of Naples. And the average age was 80. Whoa. And, yeah, right? I was 32. So I was like a young pup, right? Not, not exactly a wild dating life there. Huh? <laughs> My dating life did not exist. Okay, so enough of that, right? <laughs> uh, unless I wanted to you know, marry this like old guy. Um, but what was so it? actually, just I got I got to cut it. We have a very similar story. I used to live yeah. in a place called Sea Ranch, California, which was another retirement community. Yeah. When I was running the head fund, but great place to live, right? Amazing oh, lifestyle, gorgeous. quality of life. That's why all these retirees are there. But then it's like my dates would be people's granddaughters when they right. would come visit. You know, I mean, it was just like the worst scene in the world. <laughs> you understand what I'm talking about? I actually became friends with a girl that I met only because we passed each other in the grocery store, and we were about the same age, and we were just like, "Can we be friends for no other reason, <laughs> just to have like somebody else our age?" It was kind of funny. But what's yeah. interesting about retirement? What I found is there were two types of retirees there, and I'm talking, and, and I want you to talk, you know, explain this or maybe go into the psychology in this after this. So here, here's what happened. I found there was two types of retirees. Okay. They were what I call the grumpy old men and women, you know, the grumpy ones like get off my lawn or whatever. Right. Uh, right? And then like just bored off their mind. So there's that. And then the ones that got sick really fast, it was actually three got really got there and then got sick really fast. And then the other ones that were just, they're still out there, you know, playing golf and playing tennis, even though they can't hit the ball, whatever. Right. So there was like three types. Um, the ones that were grumpy are the ones that got sick fast, which usually were the same. We're always coming from a job like, I don't know, they worked for the government for 35 years or they worked for the police for 35 years up north. And once they got, once they got to quote unquote promised land, right? Right. They're just pissed off, <laughs> right? Like they thought once they get to promised land, cause it was so gorgeous there. They like everything was going to happen and they just got sick. Like there was something, they, there was nothing to look forward to. Yep. The other people that I ran into that were still going strong and still trying to do tennis and taking their oxygen tank out on the golf course or whatever, they're the ones, when I talked to them, they're the ones I found out they were business owners on some level, uh -huh. all of them. And I realized that the word retirement is truly one of the worst words ever. Yes. You know, and I was like, you know what, from now on, there is no retirement in my vocabulary. It's just creating financial independence. I mean, I remember yeah. that moment. And so I don't know if you've come to that conclusion yourself, just the same situation, or how did you come to that? Well, I mean, it's exactly as I just said earlier, leading up to that, right, was that let's, let's get rid of the term retirement and call it financial independence, and we can then focus on achieving financial independence in any age, because the math is the same, right? The only difference is how long of a time period you have to support in financial independence is the only, how, how fast you have the ramp up to get there and how long the assets have to support you. That's the only difference. Other than that, the math is identical. And so, and all this is driven by math, right? And so you've got that side, but then you've got the emotional side, which is what you're alluding to, alluding to. And that's what I call, I've dubbed that the millionaire myth, right? Because I work with people on wealth building. So it's not so much like retirement at 65, but rather I'll, I'll be financially independent when I have a million. And I call that the millionaire myth. And I subscribed to it too when I was younger. And that is that once you have financial independence, then all your troubles are going to go away, that life is going to be like a vacation, but on extended time frame. 
right? So like that two week vacation that you love, that you have so much fun with, and you think, well, I'm going to retire and it's just going to be eternal vacation. And what happens, and I learned this uh, on long-term traveling, which I'll go into in a second, but um, what happens is when you are on this permanent vacation after about three months to six months, it becomes the way you live. Mm -hmm. And so it ceases to be fun. It ceases to be exciting. It just becomes your way of life. And if you subscribe to that myth and what happens is disappointment sets in. And so the real key to finding fulfillment in that second stage of life or that next stage of life is not so is the key is to go toward something that you want as opposed to away from something you don't want. And so you hit it at the nail on the head when you talk about people in government jobs and all these other jobs that they hated and they just worked to get their government pension so they could be you know mm-hmm. retired and that was going to be their golden years and all this stuff. And that sets up disappointment because it turns out that that's not a very fulfilling life either. You know, fulfilling life is a very different animal. Whereas the people who retire towards something, you know, they built a business, they're satisfied with the life they created, and they had a vision of where they wanted to go with their lives. Now, those people find fulfillment in financial independence. Mm, that's really true. I mean, I know a lot of people that are extremely wealthy um, that could, they could quote unquote, stop working. But what, it's kind of like, well, they kind of had this view of like, well, what else would I do? There's only so much I could just sit on the beach and stare, right? And yeah. um, I remember living in Marco Island and for myself, going, I really got that before living on Marco Island, I had that American kind of view that I was taught, you know, work really hard so that you can retire on the beach and do nothing. And here I am living on the beach doing nothing and trying to actually do something, but nothing was really working. I call it the vortex, Marco Island's vortex. And, um, and I've really realized that it was like, once you take the word retirement out of the vocabulary as something to live into, it just becomes creating as an entrepreneur for me anyway was just a way of life it's just what you do it's just what i do and it became less about do i have to make a million right now to get to where i want to be in 55 and it just became more about what i want to create and what was the legacy that i want to leave on this planet do you find that working with entrepreneurs that have that kind of mindset versus that they come to you and go okay i want to be done by 60 is it easier to work with them I'm not going to say once easier or harder. The way I teach it is that it's about creating a life that's so fulfilling you never want to retire from it. Mm, okay, okay, yeah. Okay, and so what you want to do is you want to focus on your fulfillment, not on some never-never land of retirement. And I'm not going to say once easier than uh, – di- what it is is different forms of retirement fit different personalities and different lives and different needs. You know, so I teach a thing called the new retirement. and And then you've got phased retirement and you've got – you know, all kinds of different versions of retirement. And again, we're using that word, but it's not a great word. And none of them are truly retirement. Like we think of laying in a hammock with an umbrella drink on a tropical beach. None of them are that. They're all different forms of ways of finding fulfillment that work for different people that have different needs. Mm. Okay. That makes sense. So where do you like to, so with your client base, where do you suggest the entrepreneur or business owner should come to you? Is it like they already have the million hanging out in the bank? Is it they just started the business they're in startup phase? What particular phase would you say is the best phase to start having that conversation about uh, retirement or planning? Here's why I'm asking that question. In my experience with, ret- uh, with financial advisors, and I actually worked for a financial advisor when I was 18, so that was interesting. It was almost like, don't call me until you have money. When you have money saved and you have a bunch of money saved, then you can have a conversation with me. Until then, like, I don't want to talk to you. And I always yeah, found and I'm that very different. 
I'm very okay. different because I'm purely education. I'm not in the asset center management business. Okay. The reason financial advisors don't want you to call them until you have money is because they make money off your money. Right. Mm. And they don't really, they're not really in the business of helping you get rich in the first place. They're in the business of managing the money you've accumulated through some other means. And so mine's different. I'm in the business of helping you get rich in the first place. I'm in the business of educating you because all I sell is educational products. I don't sell any investment products. And so I'm in the business of educating you on how you achieve your financial objectives sooner rather than later. And, you know, just do it more intelligently with less waste, get it more done more efficiently. And so what you're doing is you're benefiting from the depth of my experience, not only me walking the talk, but me having coached people for 17 years on how to do it. Okay. And so do you work specifically with um, entrepreneurs, business owners, or is it just like anyone who wants that focus? Uh, yeah, it's all the above, okay. right? So I have business owners. I have, um, you, I mean, technically you could call these business owners, doctors, attorneys, because yeah, yeah. often they're in their own form of business. Yeah. Um, straight up entrepreneurs. Um, there's a pretty wide gamut. I mean, I've got some employees, not too many. And one of the reasons I don't get a lot of employees is it's a little tougher to work with W-2 income. You right. have to really go outside your W-2 income to build wealth. And so you have to go into alternative asset classes. So entrepreneurs already have one of the alternative asset classes, which is owning your own business. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Because there's three, there's three asset classes in your wealth plan. You've got owning your own business, direct ownership of real estate, not to be confused with REITs, which are paper assets, but direct ownership of real estate. And then you've got paper assets, which are the stocks, bonds, and uh, you know, cash and that kind of money markets and mutual funds and ETFs that a broker can sell you. And so you work with these three asset classes. Entrepreneurs have a big head start because they've already got one asset class in their quiver. Hmm. Oh, I love that view. That's actually really awesome. Okay. So you come to, they come to you and say, okay, teach me. I had this cl asset class. <laughs> You're right. Is that right? Asset class. Right, correct? So I have this one asset class. Now what do I do? I've spent years and years and years becoming a doctor or entrepreneur. Well, close. Right? close. What it is, is it's like, okay, I've got this business. I'm making money. Now, how do I convert it into wealth and how do I achieve my financial objectives? It's one thing to build a successful business. It's another thing to convert it into your personal wealth. And there's a lot of different ways you can approach it because you can look at it. What a lot of entrepreneurs do is they pursue the myth of the big payout day, right? So they want to build the business, reinvest in the business and keep growing the business and build the business, build the business. And then they hope for Sell to get it. bought out someday. Right. Right. But that's not really the, I mean, that's, let me just stop right there. That's not really the truth of a lot of businesses, a lot of businesses are service-based businesses and they will, may or may not ever really be bought out. Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely correct. But I'm saying there's, I'm saying it's a popular myth. Oh yeah, yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. I'm saying break it's the popular myth. myth is to go <laughs> the myth for is the, true. <laughs> for, to go for the liquidity event. Mm -hmm. And the way I teach it is you want to be converting assets from your business over to your personal wealth the entire time you're growing the business. And there's a variety of techniques you can do that. Okay. Got it. And so you teach those techniques. Yes. Love that. Okay. Yeah, and I also teach another thing that I teach is to really understand the difference. So first of all, you have to understand all three asset classes and how they're properly used in your wealth plan. Then there's techniques for translating the wealth over from the business over to your personal side. And then there's also understanding the difference between cash flow and asset viewed retirement plans right? Because as it turns out as an entrepreneur, the single easiest way to achieve financial independence very fast actually is through focusing on the cash flow of the business and how to convert the business into a business system that pays you more than you need without actually requiring your time. Mm, I love that. 
sign me up. What's, what, what event, what, you know, what program is that one? Um, that's my wealth planning course. So if you go on my website, you'll see under products and then there's step three wealth planning. And so that's what I call expectancy wealth planning. And it's a complete, it's a very different framework from how most people teach wealth planning and how you understand wealth planning. Yeah. It's about taking the care each cause each asset class has unique characteristics. Each individual has unique characteristics and you've got to marry them like Velcro. So they stick together because certain asset classes work well for some strategies and other asset classes work better for other strategies and you can interplay them. It's not like an either or you just have to apply them correctly based on what you're creating. I love what, I love this new view that you're talking about, but let me, let me ask you some specific questions about uh, business, what you're doing with women. What percentage of your clients are women? It, you know, it's not a demographic or it's, it's a psychographic. So the clients that come to me are mm-hmm. focused enough on their financial independence that they're willing to do something about it and they're educating themselves on it. Mm-hmm. So in other words, they care about it and they're doing something about it. And so I have a wide variety, both women and men, probably equally distributed. A lot of them are couples. So it'll just depend on which spouse is leading the charge on financial independence mm-hmm. for the couple. Um, Because in the couple, each spouse will play a different role in the financial picture, as you're well aware. Mm -hmm. And so I've got that, but I've also got wide age ranges. And so it really confused me at first because you'd think, oh, I've got to have this demographic, right? Is it women? Is it men? Is it over 40? Is it under 30? You know, all this stuff. And it doesn't play out that way for my business. What it is, though, very consistently is it's people who are actively learning about financial independence and doing something about it. That is my target client. Well, so speaking for as a woman myself and Speaking from, I used to work for a financial planner when I was young. I didn't know what I was doing. I did the plans. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> right. Um, what was interesting to me, and I still find this happening today, even in 2018, where women are ta- not taught or they're not asked to be brought in to the conversation around money. It's yeah, it's not happening here. Piece that is of, not happening here at all. Right. <laughs> I got that. So I guess I'm talking it over general. I'm not talking to you. Right. So I'm talking generally speaking, right. When people start talking about money, there's like this conversation, they just go right to the man. I don't think they mean to do it, but I, I think for myself, I mean, for me, I'm pulling it towards me constantly because I was never taught that. I mean, my, my dad, my mom never talked to us about money at all. Um, No one in my life ever talked about money. We have people in my life that are very financially well off in the family they don't talk to, to the girls about money. It's like a generational conversation. So both my sister and I have kind of this, like been in the space for a long time. Like where do we get the right information? Where do we really find out not from a financial planner view? Cause you're right. They have to have money to make money on your money, but actually how do you build wealth? Right. Actually, how do you build wealth? And I'm single. My sister's single actually too. We're not married. So how do you do that from a view of one person versus two, right? A lot of the conversations out there that we've seen, I've even done some work with Dave Ramsey. It's still that couple conversation, how to couples, right? Versus just one person or two, fine. But there's a whole nother conversation about that. Do you go into that at all? Like two incomes or just one income? Or is it just like always two incomes? Neither or. Neither um, or. Okay. Yeah. It's just, it's not a relevant part of the conversation. So I'm a little bit different this way in that money is sexually agnostic. It's racially agnostic. It's country agnostic. Mm. Um, this is governed by math. It's governed by sound principles that actually work and are proven. 
And so I have a, I have a really interesting mix. As I was listening to you, I was thinking about my mix of clients because I just did, as part of the course, I did 30 sample wealth plans with clients. And so they would volunteer. And the mix was interesting because as I was thinking over it, I had a, a grouping of wives where the husband was the breadwinner and the wife was leading the charge for the wealth development. I had ones where the husband was leading the charge for the wealth development. I had quite a few single wealth plans in there. I had quite a few married. I had gay. I had lesbian. Um, there just literally was not any profiling that way at all because it's just irrelevant to this discussion. You know, like I'm even thinking of my daughters. My daughters are treated exactly as equals. I don't, I never play that down at all. So it's just not part of my makeup at all. Well, I'm not saying you. I'm saying it's still a oh, conversation no, 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 no. on the planet, right? It's still a conversation out there. I live in the South, right? So I feel it every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I hear you. And I think it's a real mistake. I think it's, it's just an irrelevant part of the conversation. Like all, where it's, you know where it's relevant is you will hear conversations around women and money issues where there are some specific emotional issues around money that one sex might have over another you know, or fathers versus mothers, that kind of thing. So that is a relevant discussion that's fair. But I think in terms of actual wealth building strategy and how you develop wealth plans that'll work and, you know, issues around retirement planning and things like that, it's just, it's not, it's not relevant to the discussion. And unfortunately it gets mixed in just as you're saying. So one of my, uh, well, not one of my, my why, why, my biggest why, my why, why did I do what I do? My why in life is I want every woman on the, on the, in the world to be financially self-sufficient. Yeah. That's my, that's my why. That's why I do what I do and helping them start a business, right? Because I want them to be financially self-sufficient because when women are financially self-sufficient, they make new choices, choices they didn't even know were possible or even a, an option, right? So, um, and it's a different mindset coming from, coming from just, I know you're in California and so it's, it's more of a West coast, but East coast and South, it's still that conversation where you make money based on marriage. It's still very prevalent. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying it is. So, and it's also outside of our country, United States, right? So I just love that I, what I'm giving you as a compliment. I'm giving you a compliment to say, Hey, I think there needs to be more of this kind of conversations around financial planning. It doesn't matter. As you, what was the word you use? Agnostic. I love that. Yeah. It doesn't really matter, right? It absolutely is irrelevant except in very specific emotional issues that are relevant to the, you know, sexes or roles in life or things like that. Yeah, roles. I like that. It's just more roles. It could be made yeah. for Yeah, so like gay, gay lesbian or- community has specific money issues resulting from, you know, stigma around gay lesbian and so yep. there's stuff about living up that is specific to those communities and I'm not saying beyond their backs. I work with them, they're friends oh, and yeah. they're they're open about it as well. They know it. Um, you know, it's about living a big life, you know? (laughs) And so, and then women have specific money issues, men have specific money issues, but that's about as far as it goes. You Mm -hmm. know, I, I raised my daughters as equals. Um, and yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm a West coast guy. Um, but I just, I just don't see any relevance to downplay anything on that. Mm. I love that. I mean, huge kudos to you and, and that. So tell us more about where we can find you, but also more about your products. And, and, and obviously what you just said, I just want to reiterate, he's not a, you're not a financial advisor where you're getting, we call that assets. You're not asset building. Is that right? Yeah. So, I mean, if you look at how financial planners measure themselves, they always measure themselves by the size of their assets, right? It's almost pathetic joke, right? And 
<laughs> you know, we can come up with lots of jokes on that. And, and so that's how the financial planning business is run because they're paid as asset center management. Now they switched a lot of them switched over to fee only where they're getting paid by the hour. Um, I was one of the first, I was the first financial coach on the internet back in 1997. Um, if you did a Google search for me, go search for financial coach. There was like eight returns of which seven or eight of them were financial planners. And I was the only one that was actually a true financial coach. I literally yeah. pioneered the field and the whole premise was that, you separate education from the sale of investment products because when you mix the advice component with the investment product sales component, you get bias, mm -hmm. right? And that's well-documented. I'm not saying anything controversial. It's, it's well-documented and proven that that's a problem. So that's why I founded Financial Mentor, which is my website, financialmentor.com. And that is to provide just financial education only at a very advanced level. What I'm known for doing is taking advanced topics and simplifying them so that they're accessible. I love that. Yeah, in nineteen ninety seven, I'm sure you were one of the only ones out there. Yeah. That's how I have that URL. Imagine trying to get that URL today. I know. I was gonna ask you later, like, how in the world did you get that? But yeah, yeah that's that's pretty hot. Well, that's cool. So everyone can check him out at financialmentor.com. And like you said, I love the fact that you're focused on education first, right? And then you're not connected to assets. So when people say I have this money, where do I place it? Do you guide them? Or is Absolutely it like not. you stay out of that? Absolutely not. You can even look at like Dave Ramsey and the controversy around his advisor referral network. It just creates incentives and it creates financial bias. I sell education and education only. I'm here to serve. Oh, I love that. Okay. Yeah, that's true. It is. There's a little bit of controversy about that. Yeah. Well, awesome. As we wrap it up, just last words that you want to say to our listeners. Um, just go do it. It's, this is not that hard. It is not rocket science. It is accessible to anyone. If you just do your homework, you learn the basics, um, get the right mentor, haha, -ha, pitch. Um, you can do this stuff. And so if you care about it, I mean, I've never understood why people don't pursue financial independence, Heather. It's not only is it accessible, but it's never any more work than working your whole life away. So just go do it. I love that. Just go do it. And it's very accessible to you. Well, this is awesome. Thank you so much, Todd, for being here. And go check out Todd at financialmentor.com.